Quick reminder to everyone, if you leave an iTunes review, I will send you koozies. I am shipping out a ton of koozies this week. My apologies for the delays on anyone who left a recent iTunes review. Just drop that Twitter or Instagram handle, and I will be able to find you and reach out, get your address, and send you the koozies in the mail. Also, if you don't want to use that option, just use a promo code from one of our sponsors. Send me a screenshot. Same thing. I will send you those koozies in the mail. Follow me on Instagram, at Joe Prano. I'm in quarantine. Can I get to 3,000 followers while quarantine's happening? It's like 70 people, guys. Follow me on Instagram. Don't follow me on Instagram. If you're following any on Instagram, unfollow them, follow me. Yeah, do that. <laughs> I don't care. Instagram is AIDS right now. Yeah. I got I to gotta get to 3,000. That's when I'll do... Uh, uh, social distance comedy hour is has that name taken, Andy? There's no way that's taken. Probably is. I'm just kidding. There's 11 social distance comedy hours. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey. No chill, pray now. Hello, Andy. Good morning, Joseph. How are you doing today on this fine Monday more afternoon? I mean, right. Quarantine morning. Right. It's still quarantine morning. I, I've, I've moved it back four hours. So 4 p.m. is now noon. Okay. I can see that. My schedule is so jacked. I, I went for a run. I didn't even, I didn't even realize. You know you don't realize the time. Mm-hmm. I went for a run about a little over an hour run last night, and I got back, and I go, dude, it's 11.15. Did you decide to go for a run at 10 p.m.? Yeah, I did. Like, that's how out of whack my schedule is. Well, I guess why not? Yeah. If you're going to, like, I don't know. I'm not a runner, and I don't think I'll ever be a runner. I mean, I wasn't a runner when I had two working legs. So is running at night normal for you? Never. Well, <laughs> okay, there you go. So it was dark, but like once it's dark, I mean, what does the time matter? I I assume if you're the kind of person that runs at night, the later the better. You know why it's great though under quarantine? Because no, I mean, no one is on the streets. Yeah. Like I'm running down Admiralty Way, middle of the road. Occasionally a car gets there, so I have to pop on the sidewalk. But it is, it's pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. A lot of times I don't even have music on. Just can hear the marina sounds, some of the seals making noises. You know, I also I don't trust people because there's I'm, people I'm that are. I'm wondering. I'm wondering what the Venn diagram of guys who run long distances without music and serial killers looks like. I gotta imagine it's some. There's some heavy overlap. Yeah, probably. But people who are out, as you and I have talked about, are weirdos. 
I, I, this is, uh, this is like a classic Andy Ruther take. Like you'll, whenever we're in the car together, you're basically very upset when you see anybody being Andy Ruther. You'll be like, look at this guy running, no mask. Fuck is he doing out here? Gonna kill everybody. No, no, no. And I'm, I'm like, isn't that you last night? Ten fifteen. Like, I can't run with a mask. I haven't said that. I haven't. Said, no, no. Look, what, look at all these people running. Where were you guys? What you and I have said is that, especially in Venice. The people that are out. Well, it's Zombieland. It's like fully. It's it's the Walking Dead. Like when you drive around, it's it really feels like a zombie movie because limping zombies crossing the street with no regard to traffic laws. Oh yeah. You just you know, you see people. You see half people. You see undead. Basically, is what it is because the homeless have taken over Venice and they're thriving. Like they've never moved for f- more freely. They've never like owned more land. This is their utopia. I think you ever see uh, Zombieland with? Did you see the movie Zombieland? Yes. You know when Bill Murray like pretends to be a zombie and that's how he can manage to golf. Is that you limping? Exactly. I like limp around and they all like. Ugh, uh, they like. I'm just one of them. Yeah. If I was walking just all casual, I feel like I'd get my face eaten. But they're, I'm slipping in nicely. We got to talk about the guy on the 10 in the Prius. Oh, yeah. There was a full-on crackhead. This is one of the scariest things I've ever seen. He was... He had the look of a guy that's, like, on PCP. Oh, yeah. He was... He was... He... You came up behind him. So we're on the freeway, going, you know, yeah. going seventy-five and, miles an and hour. And then you, and then you switch lanes. And when you, and then when you were in the left lane to his center lane, he was still ahead of you. He was fully looking out the window and turning his head backwards to like mean mug you. And then he kept pointing. And then he was pointing for me to pull up. I think I don't think he was pointing to pull up. I think he was pointing in his mirror, like I fucking see you. I think he was going like, I still see you, even though I'm not looking out the window at you, and I don't know what you did. But what the? I didn't pass him. But he he honestly was looking, and it was giving me kind of weird flashbacks to my accident because he was at any moment he could have just came hard left and like taken us out, and I thought he was going to do it. Like I thought he was just going to j- jerk the wheel and like run us into the median. Well, we were debating, do you pass him or do you not? Like, he kept he kept turning around. He looked, he definitely looked like he was on PCP. Yeah. He reminded me of, uh, God, what was, I don't, I forget the name of the episode. You don't watch Black Mirror, do you? No. It was that episode of Black Mirror, that guy's all jacked up. Um, I think, I think he, uh. He was a soldier, and they—I uh, think they gave him a bunch of drugs. But that's what it reminded me of. It was—it it reminded me of the Black Zombie in Twenty Eight Days Later, because he was like, ah, ah, he was like, he wanted to eat you. Yeah, he was messed up. Thank God he took the four hundred five. But that's what it is right now. Yeah, it's just the zombies are ruling Los Angeles. Yeah, and I, I watched my first zombie sports event yesterday. I think you watched some of it too. Is this NBA dead horse? I mean, be, de- be the dead horse. I mean, seriously, there was a lot wrong with this, and that's disappointing because you were anti it to start, and I was like, who cares? It's just content, but it's kind of the uh, it's kind of what you know we've been saying. Like everybody's doing content just to make content. Like put a little effort in, dear God. I mean, have you was, seen a worse produced thing? Who was the guy who was like calling? Who's the guy who was like monitoring it? Mark Jones. 
Mark Jones had a sleeved Matt Barnes Warriors jersey thumbtacked into his wall behind him. I was than- like, w- w- like, is this what Mark Jones ha- does? Mark Jones live in like, you know, uh, Scott Van Pelt's basement. Like, <laughs> it was so bad, and everything about it was bad. There's no like, Mike Conley is playing in his home gym with like a shooting contraption in the background, like a 40-foot mural of himself, a digital scoreboard, and he's going up against some former NBA, WNBA player who's playing in, I think, her neighbor's driveway. Like, didn't even seem like her driveway. Uh, for some reason, Trey Young, like, I mean, is there not a nicer house in Oklahoma than where Trey Young lives? The dude was playing on, like, tiles, with like a nine foot hoop, I was like, "There's no rhyme or reason to anybody's conditions here." But I don't, I don't understand. They shot it on a shoe. <laughs> I don't understand. You've had time to prepare for this, like this, uh, uh, this whole social distancing thing. And let's just let's just call it what it is. It's this is the equivalent I use. If you're worried about somebody having the coronavirus, just test them. Just test people. It's no different than porn stars have to get tested before they go into a scene. But what does that matter? This is why it matters. Because you can actually have a crew of two to three people. Well, you would, then you would have to have people in the same place. Like, how is Mike Conley and, you know, Chauncey Billups getting together? Mike Conley's taking a plane to Denver? No, no, no. I'm talking about his actual professional film crew. They're... They, ESPN will get hammered for putting like three people in a van and driving them to each of these locations because that's the whole thing. People are freaking out these days. Like, well, if they get into an accident, then they're taking up a hospital bed. And But that's my point, they're Joe. They're not essential workers. Test them. Just test them. I don't care. Who cares? It's no different than a porn star having to get tested before they do a sex scene. But the the thing is, that, right, you're, you're missing the point. People are now saying, like, you can't go out, Andy, because if you get into a car accident, then you have to go to a hospital. And doctors shouldn't be worried about you having a car accident when they should be worried about COVID patients. And it's all ridiculous, and it's all based on a couple of places, but that's just the deal these days. When I was at the hospital on Saturday, you you drove me to the hospital because I had to get x-rays. I went in. It was a ghost town. And the I said to the guy, I was like, pretty quiet around here. And he's like, yeah, you know, we're trying to keep it minimal everything because, you know, we never know when it's going to turn into New York. And I'm like, well, you'll know a little bit. Yeah. Right? Like, you'll people start. It's not like 40,000 people are just going to show up at the hospital. Like, You'll you'll have a little bit of notice. You'll have two days notice where people start to trickle and you're like, okay, we're getting we're we're starting to peak here. Until then, in these places, it seems ridiculous that you can't that people can't come and go to do work. You know, like you said, an ESPN crew. But my point is they couldn't do that. They can't legitimately do that. That doesn't change the fact to me though, there should have been a way for them to do this where they're like taping it. I don't like I don't even know if it was live, but it seemed like it was live just because the production was so bad. There's got to be a way for them to tape it where like the quality's better cuz I can't watch horrible quality. But that's my point. If right now we're live on YouTube. Right. We're live from my little apartment. 
if if our quality both visually and the audio is so much better than ESPN who has billions upon billions of dollars there's a problem because i know i i agree with you it just takes some finagling but they should have figured it out like i don't know the answer for them Chauncey Billups being able to see Trey Young and then play a live game of horse against each other and it be filmed and it, you know but there's there's got to be a better way than like Chauncey Billups doesn't have 5G because he's outside in Denver and Trey, like they would go from horrible quality to like decent quality it's like there's got to be a better way to do this um, I don't know what it is, but it, but is, it is a prime example. Too late, because now I'm not going to watch it anymore. Exactly. It's a prime example, and we've discussed it a lot amongst ourselves, especially with comedians. There, there's a lot of shit content over it. Like We are in a, a overload of bad content. Yeah. And that's my opinion. And that's what this is. Don't do something just to do something. That's what ESPN did. They did something just to do something. No, take the time. Take the preparation to put out a quality show, a quality piece of content that we're going to want to come back to. Like you said, I mean, there, there's no way anybody's going I back gotta to I got to say, you know, SNL wasn't that funny this week. I don't know if you watched it. I didn't watch it. It wasn't that funny. There was a couple moments as there is in Saturday Night Live recently. Um, but it wasn't grainy. You yeah. know what I mean? It was live. There was uh, sketches of guys FaceTiming and Zooming and whatever, and they did a way more elaborate show than two people playing horse. So it is possible. Sure, and that's my point. Again, you're ESPN. You have billions of dollars. Yeah. Get your shit together. They should have, somebody should have played horse against Pete Davidson. Lauren would have figured out how to make it at least clean. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was my problem is... Um, I just don't think it's – I don't think horse is interesting enough on its own, but it's definitely not interesting enough when it's, like, awkward content, like when David Jones is, you know, doing interviews while the whole thing's happening and there's a delay and there's, like – David – who's David Jones? What's Mark, his name? Mark, Mark jo- Jones? Whatever. I, I almost called him David Aldridge before. Um, so, Yeah. For that reason, I'm out. Yeah. And J.J. Reddick said the same thing. He was on Twitter. He said, I gave it five minutes. I'm out. I saw that. It's 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 so bad right now, and, and they're trying, and I get it. We're in unprecedented times. It's not easy, but, again. We got to move this fridge. What happened? Just bang my elbow. Where's the fridge going? I don't know. Gonna, we'll have to put it in Bilbo's. Where the space you were giving to Bilbo before? He called it uh, Nick's Nook. Over here? No, over here. Over here on this side? Nick's Nook. Yeah. What do you think Bilbo's doing right now? Sleeping, for sure. 100%. <laughs> what time is it in Michigan? <laughs> it's 3 o'clock. Yeah, he's asleep. <laughs> I mean, it's quarantine 11 a.m. Uh, he's definitely asleep. It is a lot quieter without you, Bilbo. I'm looking over at that empty desk. Speaking of Nick's Nook, how about that NASCAR driver who tried to say Nick's Nook on a broadcast and is now banned from NASCARing? He dropped the N bomb? Yeah. Hard R. Hard R. Hard R. Ooh. And another great example of guys, this, you know, they're like, we'll do a virtual race. 
Yeah, well, now your virtual racers are racist white dudes sitting on their couch. And guess what racist white dudes say when they're sitting on their couch? When they're in a race car and they know the whole world's listening to them, it's a different story. When he's got his headset on and he's talking to other racist white guys on their couch, though, suddenly dropping hard arse. Yeah, I saw the headline. I wasn't sure if he was like, it was like, wasn't hard R, but like to his boy. No, it was a hard R. And, it's, and, and the rest of the drivers who were on headset were like, hey, we can hear you, man. Dropped a hard R right there. He's like, what's that? Get in reverse? He's like, no, you dropped a hard R. He's like, uh, I got to go. I, I blew a tire. They're like, you're not even in a real car. <laughs> got to go. I just popped in the uh, YouTube comments. Zach Olmstead, coughing is the new N-word. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, are you surprised, though? It's NASCAR. Are you surprised? Not at all. Not at all. But he's lost his sponsorship or he's like, He's like uh, suspended indefinitely. I'm like, he's quarantined. He's already suspended indefinitely. Best time to get suspended. Yeah. Can you imagine if you were suspended from school or you're suspended from the NCAA right now or you're suspended from you're just getting a free pass on the year? Oh, dude. Did you see? I don't know if it's from a podcast. Did you see that thing? It's like a minute video. Did you see the thing Costa posted on Twitter? No. It's so funny. It's audio. It's got to be from a podcast or maybe it's just him talking that he wanted to share kind of a bit because it, it's almost a bit you could use on stage. It is for stand up. Costa does this minute thing. Go to Michael Costa's Twitter, everybody. He talks about how now is the greatest time ever to murder your roommate and get away with it. And he breaks it down. How basically if you kill someone, you know, you, you have enough time to hide the body. You get you, No one goes, Oh, they haven't come to work in a week. That's what he was saying. And then when their parents call, uh, and they eventually send the cops. When the cops show up, you tell them you you're you have coronavirus, so they won't enter. And it's it's a funny bit about like kind of going back to that. As now's the time, like if you want to kill somebody, now's the time. Yeah, if you want to rob a bank, I mean everybody's out in masks. There's no one on the street. Yeah, like you nail it. I don't like the masks though, because I can't tell what I can't tell what the ladies look like at Trader Joe's anymore. Oh, uh, with the workers. Or just people shopping in general. Everybody. Yeah. Maybe you should be getting in and out, not, you know, browsing the ladies, Andy. It's supposed to be for essentials only. Essentials only. Yeah. That's a great name for a bar. Essentials only, yeah. What do you think? So Rudy Gobert supposedly has a big beef with Donovan Mitchell. I've heard this. Uh, this came across my desk because a lot of the Knicks fans, of course, were saying, like, this is how Donovan Mitchell ends up on the Knicks. And I'm like, this is the most Knicks fan thing ever. Like, Donovan Mitchell doesn't like his teammate. Now he's going to be a New York Knick. Um, yeah, I, look, the Rudy Gobert thing, like, I saw people being pissed at him originally for the whole touching the mics thing and whatever. How the hell was he supposed to know? that this is where it was going to be weeks later. Yeah, in retrospect, that's not funny, but it's hilarious in the moment. Yeah. Now, I don't know. The reports are that everybody on his team was thinking that he was, like, aggressively not caring. <laughs> now, just, I, don't, I don't know if he was spitting in people's drinks or whatever. I, like, I heard he was wiping his balls over everyone's towels. Right. Like, I don't know. 
how far, how much farther he could have gone than like wiping himself on some stuff. But that's probably how he ended up getting it. You know? Yeah. Probably ended up getting it from touching all those microphones. Well, dude, I have a new theory, man, on this. Okay. I, I think basically so many people have had it and we're just asymptomatic. And I also think this thing has been around for a lot longer than we thought. It's it still is a strand of the flu. I think it's been around a lot longer, and I think a lot of people have had it. It's not a strand of the flu, but isn't it? I don't think so. But it's, it's not no. But it is. Um, I I mean I agree with you, but we don't know. Like when you say, "Oh, a bunch of people have had it and are asymptomatic," like we know that that's true. We just don't know. I think that, the I think the odds because, that I've had it are very good. Which yeah. ma- which makes me think I I don't think so I, I unlikely because I feel like you've been around enough people where it would be it would be likely that then you would have given it to somebody and then they would show symptoms. But I'm not a doctor, so the point is the Donovan Mitchell Rudy Gobert beef. If it's based in the fact that Rudy Gobert was ca- was careless about coronavirus, I think that's a dumb thing to be pissed off about. In the Hail Mary situation that this somehow leads Donovan McNabb to the Knicks. Well, I hope they never speak again. Donovan McNabb. Donovan, sorry. <laughs> if Donovan McNabb ends up on the Knicks, I'll kill myself. If Donovan Mitchell ends up on the Knicks, great. I hope him and Rudy Gobert never speak again. But it's dumb to be pissed off at him for touching things, right? Yeah. Seems ridiculous. And Donovan Mitchell didn't even have symptoms maybe they here's my theory maybe they shared the same instagram model huh how about that more likely they just shared sweat on a practice court or the same instagram model i've seen these these girls are out of control with the rona i mean it's this is peak season for them instagram models oh yeah they can't stop they can't stop what getting the rona giving the rona what are you talking about just the content right it's content time for everybody just just thirst trapping, as Robert Latow would say, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Left and right. Because they know guys are at home going, like, now's the time to buy her f- OnlyFans page or fans only or whatever it is. Buy some of that coconut water, slide into those DMs, see if she'll hit me back. Has anybody in history ever slid into a Instagram model's DMs? And, like, like who's even going to these... One of the creepiest things ever is the only fans or fans only or whatever it is. Fans where you, only. Where you go where you have an internet hooker? Bro, bro, okay, get this. You're going to love us. I a girl I hooked up with has a fans only site. And she just wants money for dudes to talk to her? No, so dudes pay money. You're, this is wild. So dudes pay money to basically see pictures. Her tits and ass. Yeah. That's all it is. It's that is the most incel shit that there's ever been. By the way, this girl, she has like a normal job, which I'm like, you're gonna end up getting caught. But she goes, you'd be shocked the amount of dudes that pay for this, like five dollars a month. Hers is like five dollars a month. But then, if she's worried about getting caught, like, how do you even promote that? No, I'm the one saying like you're gonna get caught. Right. She obviously doesn't care. I'm assuming. Also, can you be in trouble for that these days? Like, if you work at a law office, does your life be like, okay, she shows her tits on the internet for money? Like, I don't know the rules. She goes, I'll give you, because I was curious. I go, what, what, are you, what are you posting? 
and she's like, she said she'd give me access just so I could see, because I'm curious. No, I, look, I've already seen, she sent me enough, you know, in the past. You know who it is. I don't, I mean. No, 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 I'm going to tell you. Okay. It's, wow, uh, you don't usually share this kind of information on the podcast. No, I don't care, because it's, I haven't seen her in years. It's that girl who flew in from Denver, like seven years ago. The one who got in that insane fight. At Brennan's? At Brennan's. Yeah. She's got a fans-only site. And what does she do for work? I forget. She's like a third-grade teacher. Yeah, I mean, she's young. She's like 30. Yeah. So weird. But I looked at her Twitter, and you'll see her post. Like, the amount of horny dude, I just don't get it. Like, I straight up said that to her. I don't get this. Porn is free. It, it's kind of amazing... I mean, I guess depending on how you how you look at it, but I mean, remember the like the jokes of we didn't have this when we were kids, like how lucky kids are today to have like access to all the porn in the world on their computer. Meanwhile, I was like burying an old Playboy in the yard and like marking it with like a stick with a ribbon on it so I could go dig it up later on and like look at it. Like but meanwhile, it's turned every dude into some just weirdo who only knows how to Look at girls on the internet, but never talk to them. I oh, feel yeah. like I feel like if you've paid to see a girl's who's like a random Denver chick's breasts on the internet, you've likely never had sexual intercourse. I agree. In your entire life, I agree. Or have some weird sexual dysfunction. I legit, and we're gonna get to a call later because we we have a call. Not not in the same. You know, in the dating question wheelhouse, which I, I can't wait to hear your response to because I already have one ready to go. You talk about people paying to see girls. I, I'm just going to say. I, I mean, there's no dollar amount. I think you and I legit. People could pay us to give them advice on girls. I, I, I think there's so many pathetic dudes out there who can't get laid. Well, our Venmos are open. <laughs> and I know this might come across. If you need help. A little cocky but i think there are so many dudes out there joe but this is why this is why because this is their only there's just no social interaction anymore there's like well i'll just buy boobs on the internet i can't think of a single person on planet earth that i would pay a single dollar to see their boobs you couldn't if you were like i agree if you're like right now behind this curtain the queen of england's breasts are available for you to see for one dollar i'd be like absolutely not queen elizabeth any, yeah, all the queens. All the queens in the history of the queens of England. Meghan Markle? You can, see, you can see all of their breasts behind this. All the women in the British royal family forever. I agree. For $1, I'd be like, look, I mean, I, I, don't might, care. I might need to buy a can of soda later. I don't care. I, you know how many breasts there are in the world? You certainly, you couldn't pay me a dollar to see some girl from Denver's. Fans only page. I, I, I don't even. I don't even have t times money, man. Can't be taking ten minutes to look at some random girl's breasts. I got things to do. Uh, do it for one dollar. I can't, man. I got things. I got podcasts. I got to write. I got. It's it's creepy, weird. It's it's really weird. Anyway, follow me on Instagram and slide into my fans only account if you want to see my balls on the internet. Yeah, it's totally free. Well, Joe, we're going to get to some NFL news. But before that, with the NFL free agency period done and no live sports on TV, there's definitely an excitement 
around this year's NFL Draft. The Draft is all about new beginnings, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here to give your balls. Oh, wow. There you go. A new beginning. What a what a perfect intro for their for their ad read. Exactly. I'm talking about ball trimmers, people. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And uh, I love Manscaped. I've had them since last year, and I love them even more because they have the Lawnmower 3.0. This is their new waterproof cordless body trimmer, and it will keep you looking nice and fresh. And, guys, it's not just about your balls. I mean, that's a big part of it. Yeah. But I'm a hairy dude, chest hair, back hair, whatever you whatever you want to clean up, the Manscaped Three point, the lawnmower 3.0 will take care of you, and you also uh, subscribers get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. Here's what's perfect: you can't leave, you're stuck at home, you don't have to worry about that. Manscaped will show up to your house. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Dirty at Manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Once again. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIRTY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code DIRTY. Manscaped is the best when it comes to men's grooming. Get yourself the Joe Burrow of trimmers, the lawnmower 3.0. Guys, look, Joe Burrow's the greatest college football player of all time. Manscaped is the greatest. Was that your riff there or is that in the ad read? It's in the ad read. Wow. Manscaped must be based in the bayou. They have the best ad reads. Yeah. Mans- Manscaped is like, they're, they're down in New Orleans. This is how they came up with the idea. You know, like it's swampy down here. It's sweaty. They're actually based in San Diego. What, <laughs> then, then what's with the Joe Burrow reference? Because they know he's the goat. <laughs> and, and by the way, they're like, have you ever looked at Joe Burrow's hairless face and think his balls must be hairless too? That's because he uses the lawnmower 3.0. Yeah, so use that. Send me a screenshot, and I will send you a couple koozies. It's crazy, though, to think the draft is 12 days from now. It is crazy. I mean, the sports world obviously is shut down, except for the Dirty Sports Podcast and a grainy game of horse. Um, But time rolls on. Like, Masters Sunday was yesterday. Yeah. Draft is... Draft will be here before you know. The draft is supposed to begin which day? April 25th. Wow. So it will be, uh, let's see here, 12 days from now. Wow. It's right around the corner. And I heard before the draft, the Texans plan on trading all their draft picks. They're not going to draft anybody. Bill O'Brien does it again. Bill O'Brien is trolling people now? How's he not fired? Is it troll? What do you, what do you think's happening? Troll or moron? This is the first ever troll or moron GM decisions. Yeah. I don't know, man. He's trying to get himself fired as coach. He doesn't want to be GM anymore. He's trying to be out of football. Dude, we got to can I play the song? Troll or moron? Come on. Time for a little game. Troll or moron? This guy's guy's a straight-up moron. Complete troll. Total troll. You're not a troll. You're just a moron. I think he's a troll. starting to think he might be just the biggest fucking moron of all time. Or is he trolling us? 
Troller Moron, Troller Moron, Troller Moron. I mean, you're right. This is. This is basically our first ever. Or no, we've done it with we've done it with dirt balls. Yeah. This is our first ever NFL coach slash GM, Troller Moron. I mean, Brandon Cooks. I know. I know you're a big Brandon Cooks fan. Oh, relax. Um, I know you. you it's probably S- sad to see him go. Stop it, from Joe. The Rams. He but, he was nice. He got hurt. He was nice his first couple years. So they traded all the in all the years that he has played. He has been concussed and missed games. Brandon Cooks will be out of the league in not long if he can't stay on the field. I agree. And the weird part about this deal is, of course, that Bill O'Brien is like, I need a receiver. And that's because he gave up one of the best receivers in football for nothing. So what's Bill O'Brien doing? It makes no sense. So he gave up DeAndre Hopkins, like you said, and then he realizes, hey, I need a receiver. Now, the Texans had a, the 57. And he's like, and you know how Will Fuller's pretty good, but he's always hurt? What if I pair him with Brandon Cooks, who's also pretty good but always hurt? Well, you know what? You're actually t- kind of wrong there on Brandon Cooks always being hurt. Okay. Until last year. He's had a lot of concussions. Brandon Cooks, he had four straight years of 1,000 yards. Okay. Until last year, and he completely fell off. 583 yards. He could not stay on the field last year. The four years before that, he played in all 16 games. Okay. So he did somewhat, he did stay on the field. Last year, obviously, he didn't. But you're right. This is a concern. He has had serious concussions. The Texans gave up the 57th pick, a second-round pick. The big thing that everyone's saying here, if you're following the draft, they're claiming this is arguably one of the deepest all-time receiver drafts. Receiver drafts. Right. So every analyst or person who follows the sport, especially from the financial end, is saying, look, this makes zero sense because you could get a very good quality second-round pick at that rookie price. Right. Instead, you're taking on a heavy contract with Brandon Cooks. Which, again, it cancels out the fact that you get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. Is that a financial move because you have one of the deepest receiver drafts coming up? It it just totally nullifies any reason that you could have possibly made as an excuse for why he deals DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. It, it makes zero sense. You're like, well, we don't want this receiver who's sort of troubled. And by troubled, I mean I don't get along with him. Uh who makes a lot of money, and we'll bring in Brandon Cooks, who makes a lot of money, who also can't. I mean, it's ridiculous. But good. I have been on the Bill O'Brien is a boob campaign for longer than anybody in history. Right again. All right. Well, we have some breaking news. You want to break McCaffrey it? McCaffrey is the highest paid running back of all time? Yes. Christian McCaffrey is signing a four-year extension worth $16 million per year making him the highest-paid running back in NFL history, according to Adam Schefter. Four years, not so bad. Um, We talked about this a couple episodes ago. What do you do with Christian McCaffrey? I'm actually fine with this. Like we said, 
if he breaks down in terms of a running back, their windows are so short, uh, maybe he can be playing slot receiver. Um, that, I, that really makes him the highest of all time? Probably not the highest. It's probably the highest per season. $16 million. Yeah. You'd think it'd be higher than that, but hey, it's running backs, I guess. Yeah, and the numbers have inflated the last couple of years where we had – we had a long run there in terms of a break in inflation where running backs were not getting paid. Yeah. They've just started getting paid again. So really those marks are like the girlies, the Ezekiel Elliott's. And I'm not surprised for, for four years, not surprised that they went 16 million. He's also like, we said on the episode where we were asked what to do with him. He's also the face of the franchise. I don't, I don't, I don't hate this, and I and I'm number one guy who's saying don't pay running backs. He's only 23. I agree with you. If you can get two more years of, you know, the type of touches that he's going to get, the amount of touches I should say, for two more years, and then you're right. Then you move him to receiver. It's not a bad deal. And. And there's no reason that that has to happen. There's no reason that he couldn't play for four years of great football as a running back. But, you know, again, it's to me, it's like the length of the deal. Like four years, how wrong could it go? Yeah. I, I don't love paying running backs a ton of money either, but like, what are you going to, you, uh, to, again, if you're not, if you're the Panthers and you're not paying Christian McCaffrey, who are you paying? You're not paying Teddy Bridgewater. You're not paying a big receiver. You're not paying Luke Keekley anymore. If you're not paying McCaffrey, what are you doing? Burying the money? Yeah. So in, in this situation, I'm totally okay with it. Now, we've seen, I mean, if you look at your your, your Rams squad, Gurley gone on the big contract. Brandon Cooks gone on the big contract. Jared Goff remains, and his contract is really, really new. And not looking like a good investment. Oh my god! I mean, there's a chance Rams go from Super Bowl to kind of. I mean, I, I don't want to say that they're going to finish last in that division, but it's going to be tough to be better than the Niners. And now you're looking at a Seahawks team. The Cardinals are going to be better. I mean, the when you when you go with the big deals across the board, falls off pretty quick. Look. I hate the Jared Goff deal. I didn't hate. The Rams were going for it all. Let's be honest, right? Right. When they paid everybody. They were paying everybody. They were paying Aaron Donald. They were paying Brandon Cooks. Obviously, Jared Goff was a bad contract. Gurley. I didn't hate it. Because had they won the Super Bowl, you're like, we, they got. I mean, we. I say it all the time. Super Bowl or bust the league. They got a chip out of it. But, but, they, but they didn't. They didn't. And you're right. I think there's a good chance they do finish last in that division. Jared, Jared Goff, I could be wrong on this. I think he's set to make, maybe not this year, but the next year, like $36 million. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, that division is going to be wild, I think, across the board. Um, I think I could see that division going any way. It could be it's a total roll of the dice. Um, I could see the Rams being bad. I could see the Rams being, like, fine. I could see, I I can't see the Niners being bad, but I could see the Niners coming back down to earth a little bit. Um, I could see the Seahawks being not great. I could see the Seahawks being like a mediocre team. 
I could see the Cardinals being bad again. I could see the Cardinals being competitive. That might go to like an old NFC West where everybody's sort of bunched up. But I, I, I think the Niners are going to be an 11-plus win team again. Yeah, if we have a season. Right. Let's play it virtually, man. Let's play Madden, see what happens, put it on Twitch. We cannot lose. We cannot lose football. I think that's a long way away. I agree, but I mean, you, I mean, we're we're talking about how people are reacting now. I mean, I think again, if it challenges football, suddenly the cure for the vaccine, like the vaccine, will suddenly appear like a Ray Rice video. Like, what do you mean you've had this for months? <laughs> what do you mean you've been sitting on this the whole time? We were like, well, look, you know. There's a lot of money to be made, but now it's threatening football. And Roger, Roger Goodell just has a vial. Unless it's the NXL, or unless it's the uh, the NXFL, the XFL, the XNFL, the XFL, XFL done again, like forever, forever. Yeah, we don't know, we don't know if it's forever. But they're they've, say, they've already folded once and came back a second time. They're saying it won't come back in 2021. Well, yeah, I know it's it's done. But I'm saying we don't know that Vince McMahon won't make a bunch of money and then try it again with some other terrible idea. I'm all for secondary football, but it just it's just it's never worked for me. Well, it just here's the thing. It needs to be affiliated with the NFL. Just like the G League is with the NBA. That's what they need. I almost think it needs to go the other way. I almost think it needs to be a college football extension program. I think it needs to be, I think, I almost think Vince McMahon should do the opposite of what he was like claiming he wanted to do, which was like, no one's going to have a criminal record because we're the make football great again league. And I almost think he should embrace like, Every kid who gets cut from Florida and Florida State and Miami because they get into trouble, just like immediately take them and play. I, I've said before, and, and somebody asked me this recently, how do you fix the, fix the NCAA? Take these teams away from these schools. They have nothing to do with the schools. The Alabama Crimson Tide should be the premier team in the XFL. That's my pitch. That's how you make the XFL work. It would never work. There's there's too many ties with the SEC, with the whole college po- football experience. It's just it would never work. But every two years we have this thing about how the NCAA is slavery and none of these guys are getting paid and blah, blah, blah. Not from anybody who gives a shit because everybody still watches it. But if you believe players should be paid, this is how you do it. But everyone who bitches, and I'm one of those people, still ends up watching college football. So we're all a bunch of hypocrites. Right. I don't, so I'm not a hypocrite. <laughs> you you are, because you still you still watch occasionally. You do. Um, almost no college football. That's bullshit. Almost no college football. And I'm not invested in college football at all from a supporting the system standpoint. I'm not watching a Georgia, you know, Auburn game. I'm not watching like a I'm watching a Notre Dame game occasionally, but Tear it down. means It would mean nothing to me if they tore it down. Tear down that wall. Tear it down. Make Put together a league that's essentially this XFL 
post-college extension, a couple of great college teams that you know and love. Just separate them from the university. Just go, we're keeping the stadium. Vince McMahon should just be like, we're buying the University of Alabama's football stadium from you. I mean, come on, Joe. We're not. I, I, you've been to the South. Yeah. The passion from those people. I'm I'm with, keeping them. With their college football. I'm keeping them. With, that, that's the whole point. That's how I'm making the XFL work. I'm keeping their love of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Dude, their love for the SEC. The great news for me is that none of those people went to Alabama in the first place. They just happen to live in the state. <laughs> so they it means nothing to them that it's a school either. Saban's still the coach. I'm paying him the same amount. Just have nothing to do with the university. None of you went there. Tommy Dewey went to Princeton. He roots for Alabama. Come Get out to an Ivy League game, Dewey. <laughs> Support your local Princeton-Yale game, you know? Shots fired. No, no, but I'm just I'm – that's not even a shots fired. That's just like the thing. You're right. When you're from that area, you're just like, boom, I love it. I love the SEC. I want your business. I just want to pretend – I want to stop pretending this has anything to do with educating these football players. You so, boom, I just solved two problems, the XFL and NCAA football. So they did a— Anybody uh, else need fixing? They did a poll. And again, it's a small sample of people. And we didn't, I, we didn't talk about it, but I texted you and Tug about this. 71% of people said they wouldn't attend a sports event last week. Again, it's probably they sampled 1,000 people. 71% said they wouldn't attend a sports event unless there was a vaccine for the coronavirus. I think that's bullshit. You think people are that scared? Uh, I don't think it's a matter of being scared as much as it's attend a sport event. Like, Would you? No, because now I'm going to go. The, so now you're, you're basically just asking if you're just going to sit shoulder to shoulder with a random person at a sports event. like Put on a that, mask. But that's how quickly it's going to change. And, you know, that's how quickly. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking he about. He touches your seat on the way in. I'm not talking gonna, about next week, man. Right. I'm saying come fall. There's no vaccine yet. I'm not worried about the vaccine as much as show me, you know. Just look, there's a couple of these doctors out there. Like I know I'm a, I'm as big a conspiracy theorist as everybody, but it's hard to get like every doctor on board to the conspiracy theory of just like lying about it. You know what I mean? Like I talked to this guy at the hospital who was like straight up open and honest about, yeah, it's, it's not crazy here, but we're worried it's going to become New York. So that's what we're prepared for. So, you know, he's a medical professional. He thinks that could be potentially on the verge of happening. Like, I just need to hear from a doctor. Like, we're good. The curve's been flattened. You know, uh, numbers are backing down. Feel free to go mingle in public. I don't need a vaccine. Yeah. But... If, you know, if every doctor I'm hearing talk about it is like every doctor that doesn't have an American flag and MAGA in their Twitter bio is like, yeah, just, you know, stay home. I mean, I believe doctors. I'm not a conspiracy theorist where I'm not I'm no longer believing medical professionals. But to me, it's not about conspiracy theories or any of that stuff. It's would you attend a football game in the fall? Again, if if. People whose opinions I trust, who know way more about this than I do, are like, 
yeah, man. Like I'm just it's asking. An, it's a 50-50 cause here, but like you could go if you wanted to. You know, as a Los Angeles Chargers season ticket holder. Right. <laughs> well, that, see, here's the good news for you. You can social distance at a Chargers game. Exactly. There won't be anybody in the upper deck. Exactly. Totally okay with that. If I knew I was going and just like not going to be near anybody, sure, why not? I go to Ralph's, but I'm not going to the Rose Bowl if they're telling me like, eh, you never know. We're not really over this yet. I'm not going to Taylor Swift at, you know, I'm not going to a mosh pit. What about orgies? Are those acceptable? I wasn't going to orgies in the first place. Okay, just putting it out there. <laughs> Stick with your fans only for now. Fans only virtual orgy? Yeah, I'm sure that's a thing. I bet it is. Yeah. Dude, they're doing virtual marathons now. I'm certain that they're Zooming orgies. <laughs> what do you mean virtual marathon? People are running on treadmills? Dude, I looked up. At a, I don't know what it is. I didn't even click on it. I was curious because the Cincinnati Marathon is the first weekend of May. And I looked it up this year, and they've pushed it to October, of course. But they're still doing a virtual one? Like, what does that even mean? I mean, they they monitor your run, right? When you're when you guys when you ran the marathon, like I could track your run. Yeah, I'm assuming it's not that hard with like Apple watches and Fitbits and stuff like that, like that now to say, hey, I'm about to run 26 miles. Yeah, my Fitbit will tell you. I mean, who's cheating here? Are they putting on a dog and putting the dog on the treadmill? You know. Like I guess if you're a marathoner, then just well, I'd assume you're not marathon. on a, uh, not on a treadmill. That you're you have to be running outside. Maybe, I don't know. I promise I won't look into it. I will. <laughs> so we have an update on the Drew Brees situation, which we discussed last week. Teams are uh, sorry. Networks are still desperate to get Drew Brees on the air. It's wild. So he's chosen NBC over ESPN. After he retires as the potential replacement for your boy, Chris Collinsworth. What happens to your boy, Chris Collinsworth? Well, this is what they're saying. Are they saying this is going to be like a musical chairs situation? NBC has a succession plan already for Al Michaels. Mm -hmm. For Mike Tirico to take over. Okay. But but there's there's a problem with both these. They're saying Michaels... Hasn't said that he wants to retire. Right. Now, Michaels is old. Sure. He's 75. We got a Jay Leno situation. We do. It said Michaels is 75, but he said he doesn't have plans to retire after the 2022 season. So, I, I, I don't know. ESPN tried to do a trade for Michaels. You can do... You, this, is, this is what the New York Post no, is saying. No, I remember. I remember this. Is this a thing? Yeah. It said earlier in the offseason, NBC declined ESPN's exploration in trying to trade for Michaels. ESPN had hoped for a powerhouse combo of Michaels and Peyton Manning. Collinsworth um, might be moved to possibly pregame if they do that. Or they're saying breeze starts out in pregame they keep collinsworth in the booth for a few more years and then they kind of switch roles i go back to the statement that i made when we talked about this in the first place i don't care 
I would say that the majority of the time when I'm watching sports, probably pretty close, but I'd say 55, 45, I don't even have the sound on. I've got music on, I'll watch sports. What? I don't need What? I don't need What? It. Yeah. You have music on while sports games are going? Yeah, I don't need Bro, that's a little weird. Not at all. That's weird. I, I don't need I I'm pretty openly like I don't like Chris Collinsworth. I don't know why he's great. I don't like like for the I mean the Monday Night Crew is a debacle. Um I have for a long time been like a sports and music guy because I hate most of the announcers. Um, even like to me, it's just a bonus if they're good. And this is a crazy take. Bro. Yeah. To me, it's just a bonus if they're good. And then I might tune in. So people who are, who boner out over whoever's making the call, like I don't care. This is, it's basically the fans only thing. Again, if, if you're asking me, you've got the booger mobile and Jason Witten they and got, whatever they got rid of the booger. I know, mobile. I know. I'm saying the like I'm I'm talking about the worst possible version, the booger mobile with Jason Witten and you know Tony Tessator or whatever the kid's goddamn name was, Joe Joe Tessator. Uh, or for one dollar, you could have Eli and Peyton and Drew Brees while Montana does pregame. I'd be like, no, I'm not paying one dollar for it. I don't care. And the idea that there's a bidding war over Drew Brees, unless we're only talking about his mole, like unless his mole is not off limits. It's, it's, not, it's not a mole. What is it? It's like a a birthmark. birthmark. Great. This is the kind of conversations that I want to, that I want to hear. Is it, a, is it a mole or a birthmark, Drew? Like to me, like I just not that interested. The idea that the rosters are being shuffled around to figure out where you make room for Drew Brees and then dominoes fall and Al Michaels is moving and Chris Collins, like, it's crazy to me. I am not tuning in. Do you know what it's going to take for me to not watch Sunday Night Football on NBC? I can't think of a single person that would be calling it that would make me turn it off. Maybe Snooky from Jersey Shore? Like, if it was if it was Collinsworth and Snooky? I'd tune in for sure. I'm I'm putting my music on. Don't care. Like I'm gonna watch Sunday Night Football. the The game is gonna be on my TV, no matter who's calling it. Shabelli could be calling it, and his nickname is Shaboring. I could have Shabelli in there. Like, aren't these Rams uniforms great? I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> it's the worst take I've ever heard, but I can't turn it off. I host a sports podcast. What am I going to do? Not watch Sunday Night Football? Who, who we pair Shabelli with? Who who could we pair Shabelli with for the most boring broadcast and also just worst broadcast ever? Like Shaboring is just riding the Rams no matter what's happening. He's he's calling like a Seahawks Bengals game. He's like, none of these guys are Jared Goff. I'll tell you that much. And you're like, stop talking about the Rams, Shaboring. Uh, Shaboring. And Rachel Nichols. I was going to say, somebody even. Rachel Nichols is pretty bad. She's pretty bad, man. She's not even like a football. I'm Rachel Nichols, ESPN. And I'm Joe Shabelli, Shaboring. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, this is going to be a tough one. But if you were like, it's that or $1 for Drew Brees, I'd be like, sorry, man. 
You never know when you're going to need this dollar. I heard in that fans only, Drew Brees gets some erotic erotic pictures with his birthmark. Yeah. Should Boring's in there. He's like, no, Jared Goff's got a pretty solid birthmark on his arm. I'm not going to say it's the, the GOAT birthmark, but Drew Brees is like, what are you talking about, Shaboring? Oh, man. What about Bill Walton? Are you tuning in? Are you turning off the music? To like, I mean, Bill Walton calls college basketball, and I'm basically still not tuning in. And I love Bill Walton. I'll listen to Bill Walton read the phone book, but I won't watch college basketball for it. So I guess that answers your question. Because I love Bill Walton, and I get all the Bill Walton takes that I need via Twitter. Like they, they everybody tags me whenever he goes on a crazy rant. I wish Bill Walton called the NBA. I'd pay for that. Almost. Still wouldn't pay for it, probably. Well, we have an update in Major League Baseball. A possible realignment for the 2020 season. Not every team goes to Arizona. What they would do is keep the teams in the state where they have spring training. So either Florida or Arizona. It would basically be the Grapefruit and the Cactus League. I love this even more. So the Grapefruit League, potential realignment. The North would be the Yankees, Phillies, Blue Jays, Tigers, Pirates. The South, Red Sox, Twins, Braves, Rays, Orioles. And the East would be the Nationals, Astros, Yemets, the Cardinals, and the Marlins. And then out here in Arizona, the Cactus League, the Northeast, you'd have the Cubs, Giants, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Athletics. The West would be the Dodgers, White Sox, Reds, Indians, Angels. And the Northwest would be the Brewers, Padres, Mariners, Rangers, and Royals. Is this not already the most exciting thing ever? It'd be pretty awesome. It'd be pretty great. It reminds me of like being a young baseball fan and going back and learning about, you know, Ted Williams or whatever. And you're always you have whenever you reference something in baseball history that's sort of beyond your your lifetime, you, you run into these crazy things like, well, that's when he missed three years because he's a fighter pilot in Korea. And you're like, what? Like, this dude was hitting 400 and then just going to, going to Top Gun? Like, this is <laughs> what, what, what? And why are we making movies about this? Like, this is insanity. Have they done a movie about I it? I mean, Ted Williams' life story is the natural and Top Gun in one movie. Like, why are we not doing why this? Why have they not done a movie? He, I, yeah, it's unbelievable. He was the best baseball player in the world, and he stopped to become... He didn't just join the... He was a fighter pilot. And he was, like, boss at it. He was, like... He was Maverick. Like, uh, and apparently it had something to do with his, like... His vision. His incredible vision yeah. was, like, f- great for both. Like, you got to have cr- crazy vision to be a fighter pilot or to be a Major League Baseball hitter. He's like, yeah, I'll hit 400 and then just be Iceman. He's like, because I fly ice cold and I'm on base 50% of the time. It's 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 unbelievable, but this is what that reminds me of. Like forty years from now, people will look back and be like, "That was the year that the Cincinnati Reds beat the Dodgers and the Indians to win the West." And you're like, "What happened?" And there was like, there was a <laughs> pandemic. All the games were played in Arizona. Like what? Yeah. Why have they not made a movie about this? I know. Uh, I'm all for this. You know, you kind of look at all the divisions. What's great is. When I looked at all the divisions, I was like, who just, like, greatly benefited from this? And it's like, it shows you if you just jumble up the divisions, 
it still stays like pretty competitive. It does. Like the Mets no longer have to deal with, you know, the uh, the the Nationals, or I think the or the Nationals are still in the Mets division. They are. But they, but no longer do they have the Braves, but they do have the Astros and the Cardinals. Yeah, and the Cardinals. Like that's exciting. Give me thirteen games against the Cardinals this year. Yeah, I I I like it. It's crazy. I mean, it's absolutely nuts. Like the Cubs in the same division as the Giants and the Athletics. Right. Craziness. I love it. I like I like it even better than everybody's in Arizona. Um. I love the idea of there being like no interleague play. Like honestly, you have to do a shortened season at this point anyway. So get rid of the interleague play, like just lower the number of games and get a grapefruit cactus world series. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah. Can you just imagine watching a world series at the end of the year and they've got some new logos because the um, instead of the American League, it's the cactus winner. Versus the grapefruit winner. Awesome. Let's go. I'll pay for it. And at that point, you could probably have fans at the games. Hopefully. Who knows? But definitely give me baseball. Give me baseball or give me death. Give it to me on TV. Please don't film it on the iPads that you used for iPads. Bro, ESPN was using flip phones. There were some great memes about that. Was there? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to do this, I assume that they're going to have to have regular cameras. They would. And and you'll have to have a skeleton crew. It'll essentially be like spring training games. You know, they already don't have the same number of cameras in spring training as they do in whatever. And I'm even fine with it if they do it like – uh, they do in spring training. Like, not all the games are televised. Just as long as you're filming, so like, you know, we know what happened. Yeah, we can get some highlights. Sure, but just give me the game of the week. Yeah, I'm all for it. It'd be great. The Cactus League champion versus the Grapefruit League champion. Also, I- let's get this Ted Williams movie made. You want to? Hey, man, we got time. I mean, I've seen Tug's Lefty Stroke. He's got that sort of. He's, he's sort. Of, he's sort of got that middle part. Ted Williams know? starring Tug Coker. We'll have to. Uh, I might have to give him some. You know. What was Ted baseball Williams, training? What was Ted Williams' nickname? The Splendid Splinter. You fucking with me, right? No, it's called Splinter. Which will also will will bring in some Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Turtles fans, fans, like the yeah. way they did Joker. Or call it 409. Hey, I saw Tug Jack a home run off his child. He can hit, right? Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I've seen that lefty stroke. He started going toward third base when he hit it, which is why I said on Instagram, I was like, first, it's the other way. It'll have to be like a a uh, Kevin Costner thing where we flip the video. But Hey, man, we're in quarantine. There's enough time to write a screenplay. Yeah. Tug Coker is Ted Williams. <laughs> I could actually see that. Yeah. I legit could see it. How many how many out like what are we talking here? Is this a is this a two hour movie, ninety minute movie? I mean this is an epic. It's a war movie and a sports movie. It's the first of its kind. Yeah. It's incredible. It's now, gonna be epic. It's gonna be four and a half hours. It's gonna be longer than the Irishman. At what point it's gonna be it's gonna be 
three discs. Is Tug's head cut off and cryogenically frozen? I, th- I think it's safe to say That's, that we're going to have to, we're not going to be able to escape the ending to the Ted Williams story. Is there a Richie Incognito appearance? In the flashback, Aaron Maharis can play Ted Williams like Mexican father because I think he is like Native American or something like that. But I think it's his mom. I think he's like, he's like crazy. He's from San Diego. This is yeah. perfect. We're going to make this Ted Williams movie. Well, they did. Uh, you watched it, right? We both watched it. What's it, it's a quick documentary on him. Yeah, they had on Netflix. Yeah, it's like an hour. Yeah, I think his mom so, was Native American. Yeah, like Mexican, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The goat. Yeah. I just love the idea of the Reds and Dodgers being in the same division, so I can do lots of trash talking with Shabori. <laughs> there, there's a there's a. Major League Baseball broadcast duo I'm definitely putting music on for. The Andy Ruther Shaboring Sunday Night Baseball crew. People are just two guys arguing for two and a half hours. Who has the best version of Yasiel Puig? Come on, bro. <laughs> Why you gotta do me like that? You wanna you wanna listen to the dirt balls? You wanna hear what they have to say? Sure. All right, we got some good calls. Guys, once again the hotline is 310-359-8365. No. That's cool. We have lots of uh, lots of calls doing impersonations of me, so thanks to everybody who did that. I will play those at the very end of the show because we had a lot of good ones. But in the meantime, oh, I want to get to this one first. This is the call I alluded to earlier about... Um, Girls and uh, Girls. I want to hear Prano's take on this because I I have a I have an interesting opinion on this. Hey Joe and Andy, question for you guys. Uh, this happened a couple months ago. I was dating this girl who was super religious, super churchy, which I don't have a problem with. But after a couple of dates, we get talking about sex and whatnot, and she says she's saving herself for marriage. She did say that this guy she dated for like four years, they had sex but she got really in their face in the last two years or so she stopped having sex with them. And they were even living together, which is crazy for me to think about that guy. Anyway, <laughs> so she wanted to wait till they are married. Obviously, that didn't work out. Anyway, so she asked me one night how many girls I've had sex with. And I told her, I hate talking about this, and I, I don't want to know her number, and she doesn't want to know mine. Anyways, she drops it, and she brings it up the next time again, telling me she, does, she just needs to know. So I'm thinking in my head what number to say for my lie. I'm 25 years old, went to college, and my number is somewhere around 50. I've had some serious relationships, so they're not all random hookups. So I quickly decided upon seven. Felt like that was a good number for a guy who stayed <laughs> in high school, college, and post-college life. Seven. She seemed okay with it. Didn't say much, and the conversation was over. So my question for you guys is, when a girl asks you what your body count is, and she forces you to answer... What should you say? What's the what's the best lie? Thanks. Stay dirty. My man went into a lot of details. I love it. First of all, I mean, he gave us a breakdown that he lied about his number by eighty six percent. He goes, I'm somewhere around fifty. I told her seven. Uh, you wanna hear my just Andy Ruther hot take on this? Sure. You don't date anybody who cares about your number. A- end it right now. End it. 
End it. I'm just, I'm serious. The flaming hot Cheetos of takes. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it if somebody even wants to know, if somebody asks none, you, it's none of their business. End it. It's none, this, yes. this is this is some it's, Bronx tale shit. It's like, dude, let me. I'll tell you some things about women. Women, you you know you gonna want them. Gonna make sure they open your car door for you. And if they ever ask you your body count, fucking dump them right there on the spot. Kick them out. You're walking back up Flatbush Avenue. I don't even want to see you again. I agree. Like, I, it, that's that's a wild take. It's not a wild take. It's none of their business whether you. Well, you s- can tell them that whether if that's you your, if that's your whether you slept with two people or two thousand. It's no one's business. Just like it's not my business to ask a girl. It goes both ways. I have never. I'm very strong on this. I have never once asked any girl I've ever dated the number of guys she slept with. It's none of my business. Nor should it matter. And it's the same way. In fact, I haven't had a girl legitimately ask me that probably in like 12, 13 years. Well, also, you're 38 years old now. So the idea of you dating somebody who's young enough, like you're 38. Like how many, like it's going to be a high number regardless. You're 38. You've never been married. Sure. Like I guess my approach is more like don't ask questions you don't want the answers to. But, I mean, just the idea of somebody asking isn't going to get them dumped by me. It would. It would for me. But, None um, of your business. But I I think to answer uh, the caller's question, how do you lie or what number you should say, in this situation, you're Peyton Manning, okay? You, you're, you're under center, and the defense is showing you something. In that moment, you've got 15 seconds to figure out what the defense is showing you. You know, make some uh, line calls, make maybe call an audible, and uh, figure out how to attack it. I think saying to somebody, you know, reduce your number to seven so, is is a bad uh, so approach, and saying reduce your number by. 86% is a bad approach. I think it all depends on who's asking and what you think they want their an- your answer to be. So now we're just lying. See, this is why this is why I dump them. Because it's none of their business. We're done. We're not having this conversation. And and the second part is now we're lying. That, that's not good for a relationship. Now we're going to lie how that, many that, Now that's not my approach. My approach has always been like, again, don't ask questions you don't want the answers to and then it's like, well, is it 5? No, it's not five. Was it ten? No, it's not ten. Was it twenty? I'm like, look, I'm forty years old. How, how you know, are we playing hot and cold here? Like, wh- also, guess what? I don't count. I've never taken pen to paper. Yeah, I'm a forty year old man. No, exactly. Forty year old, exactly. Know, never married. Like, so I guess the answer is if you're like twenty five, like, how much do you want to make it work? Oh, if I tell her seven, she's going to dump me. But if I tell her five, maybe I've got a chance. Now, I would actually go uh, I'll out hot take Ruther on this. Ruther's just dumping you for asking the question. I'm going like, I'm, just, I'm coming to the line and you're telling me your faith is part of it. Okay, for that reason, I'm out. I agree. You you need to know because you believe in the bearded sky man who protects us all? No. Uh, now I'm out because I think you're a dumb, dumb person. Well, look, I my take is this on that stuff, and I think I've said this. I'd rather have somebody who's way more experienced 
who's had way more partners than less partners. That's just me personally. That's my personal preference. I went on a date with a girl, I don't know, two or three years ago, and the date was going fine. I thought it was going well, and she revealed at the end of the date, she was, I think, 34, 35. She revealed at the end of the date she had not lost her virginity till she was 31. Okay. I couldn't get over that. Right. We hung out another time, but I couldn't get over that because... Now, what if she had said... What if she had done the reverse? And she was like, look, I was pretty into the internet early. You know, I'm 32 years old. For the last 12 years, you know, guys send me roses on Craigslist. I've had 250 sexual partners, uh, for, you know, at 50 bucks a pop. But I have been tested and uh, I'm totally clean and safe. I'd probably have a problem with that, too, to be honest. You probably would or wouldn't? I probably would. Probably would have a problem. Yeah. Okay, so there is, it is like well, these are two. There extremes. is a middle ground. There is a middle ground. Yeah. I agree. There's a middle ground, but my point was, I we were at different levels. By the way, you're a slut shamer, and you should, and you should be ashamed of being a slut shamer. You sick, sick person. Why shouldn't you be able to make her money, Andy? You f- misogynist creep. I'm just kidding. I'm playing. I know we were at different levels, right? Obviously. With experience, so so that wouldn't work for me. But that's that to me that that's why the question bothers me so much. Like I'm clearly very sensitive to it because I just think it's such a it's such a ridiculous question. Like Joe said, don't ask questions that you don't want to know the answers to. So why that that's not the type of person that I'd ever want to date. That's why I'm saying I dump them because that question alone reveals a lot about that person that they're hung up. I can honestly say I have never asked a girl ever. Yeah, I've never asked a girl either. How many men have you slept with? It's none of my damn business. I think if I've ever asked it, it's been in response and be like, oh, we're doing this? Oh, okay. All right, Joe. From uh, We started off the calls with sex. Now let's move to the next best thing, food. It's uh, calling from a wind tunnel. I wonder yeah. what your guys' favorite chip was. What would you say is the go-to chip? Because it's especially my wife. I came up with a tortilla chip. I think it's just so multifunctional. Eat it by itself. Eat it with cheese. Eat it with beans. You can just do so much guacamole. Um, she said that doesn't count because you should only just be able to count the chip by the chip. So, but my my uh, my go is the tortilla chip. Second close would be Cooler Ranch Doritos. I don't know what you guys think. Where was he calling from? Yeah, he was calling from the scene in the first Mission Impossible where Tom Cruise is on top of the train going through a tunnel <laughs> and having guns shot at him. I'm going with the Intel Pentium. Uh, it's running most of our computers. It's it's the number one chip in the world. I mean, I'm just gonna go with the LeBron James chips. Unreal. Um, I'm trying to think. I I feel like variety is the spice of life when it comes to chips. Like I, you know, he said Cool Ranch. I love a good Cool Ranch Dorito, but I'll go back and forth between a Cool Ranch and a and a Nacho just to like mix it up. Um, tortilla's pretty middle of my list, probably. Like I do love a hint of lime tortilla chip, but I don't. Buy a lot of chips generally, and me, me either. And if I do, 
Rarely am I getting like chips and salsa. I'm almost never doing that. I feel like that's like when I have people over for a party is the only time I go out and get chips and salsa. Or when it comes with your meal. Yeah, exactly. At a Mexican I, restaurant. I don't mind. And and that's the thing. Uh, fresh, you know, like the chips and salsa we get at La, La Cabana. It really sets the bar above. It does. Now I don't really want to get Tostitos and dip them into a jar of salsa or homemade guacamole. Like, I mean, maybe we're spoiled because we have a lot of great Mexican out here. Uh, so I don't need to be doing a whole lot of like homemade Mexican just to get my fix. Uh, I understand if you live in Cincinnati, Ohio, you might want to make your own nachos and guac. But, uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, Funyun is not even really a chip, right? Like I'm not, I can't even go, like, now, like, the Funyuns, Cheetos, that whole thing, it's a whole other realm, I think. But when you go chips, I, I, I'm not a purposely big chip guy either, but there's certain ones I love. Okay. Barbecue. I hate a barbecue chip. Sour cream and onion. Sour cream and onion's a solid chip. You don't like barbecue. I, I never want a barbecue chip. Like, I'll go salt and vinegar chips, like, way before I go barbecue. Um, but I'm trying to think of, like, the most versatile chip that's, like, you can only eat this chip the rest of your life. What chip, chip Kelly. are you eating? <laughs> chip Kelly. Chip Kelly is the worst chip. I'll take I'll chip barbecue before I take Chip Kelly. Lots of formations. Chip Kelly, racist, doesn't believe in time of possession. He's a, he's a gross chip. Fat. Um, oh man, I'm trying to think. I mean, it's hard to argue with like a Cool Ranch Dorito. Cool Ranch Dorito is pretty good in a variety of situations. I'm getting to the jalapeno chips. Okay. Not, not super big on jalapeno either. I don't want too spicy a chip. But I'm also thinking like versatility. You can dip it. You don't need to dip it. Like also when you go sour cream and onion, you know, then, oh. you, then you don't, but you could also go the regular chip into the sour cream and onion. I will say, considering tortilla chips, Trader Joe's has some really good tortilla chips. Okay. They're versatile. Way better than Tostitos. Tostitos is crap. It's, it's garbage. I do love the hint of lime. Not going to lie. You love the hint of lime. Love the hint of lime. This- I could go hint of lime. Like, I'll go hint of lime before I go... A lot of other toast like tortillas across the board. Of course, we have a question about chips, and we don't have Bilbo here. Bilbo right. loves chips, right? I'm sure he's he would have a whole chip breakdown. But uh, yeah, I'm not a huge chip guy, so I'm gonna settle on something. Wait, okay, hold on. What about this? There is like the I forget the company, but there is one bag of chips where it's like uh. Like a buffalo, like a buffalo blue cheese ruffled chip. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like a fancy chip. Uh, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go cool ranch Doritos, goat chip. Well, in the vein of me being me, I'm not picking a favorite chip. I don't have a favorite chip. Okay, that's how I roll. If if I'm at a, if I go to a restaurant and I order a burger and they're like, it comes with the side of chips and they're giving me like a. You know, bag like they do at Hanano. And I get a Cool Ranch Doritos with it. I'm not super upset. I'm I'm pretty stoked every time. What about baked lays? Baked lays are all right. I was always scared off of the whole, you know, it makes your anus leak theory. The Olestra? Yeah. That whole that they, whole thing. They took it out. I know. 
I'm just kidding. I more like uh, if I'm gonna go fan like if I'm gonna fancy it up like I feel like a baked lay is like a next level chip. If I'm gonna fancy it up, then there's like a buffalo chip out there. You know what chip solid. is good? I like the chips that come with your sandwiches at Jimmy John's. Decent chip. I mean, uh, what was it back in the day like like Cape Cod, pretty solid potato chip. Cape Cod salt and vinegar. Not gonna lie, I'm not a big chip guy. This discussion got me wanting some chips. All right, let's go out later. We'll get nine chips. We'll try them all. We'll do the three. You can only choose three. But I'm looking in the YouTube comments, and I think there's a good point by Stanga that chips should be judged in two categories, plain and also dipped. Right, but if you're, again, if you're judging a chip as the best chip, then it would have to be the versatility. Can you dip it or can you eat it? That's why the the... Hint of Lime Tostitos are so good. You can just eat Hint of Lime Tostitos. Look, I'll say this much. If I'm going to go do... Look, are you telling me I can't dip Cool Ranch Doritos into guacamole? I can, and I have, and I will. Okay, I'm not (laughs) saying you can't. And if we're talking Doritos, 100% Cool Ranch over the original. Yeah, but I go back and forth. Like, if I eat too much Cool Ranch, I'll be like, yeah, throw me a nacho. Why not? When I go to Taco Bell, I get one Nacho Doritos Locos and one Cool Ranch Doritos Locos. I mean, here's how versatile the Dorito is. They are now making proper tortilla shells out of Doritos. Like, that's crossed boundaries. Yeah. It's crossed into a different chip land. Anything is possible. I'm going Cool Ranch. All right. What's up, Joe and Andy? It's your number one former Penn State dirtball. Now I'm a native from Arlington, Virginia. I got two questions for you, and then I got some movie recommendations. So first question, I want to hear what are your thoughts on Pats fans who were clearly New York Giants fans, Jets fans, et cetera. They're pretty much a lot of New York fans. They're all sporadic, and now they're just front runners. I say they're the number one cucks in the world i just want to hear what your thoughts are because i feel like that's being saturated throughout and then second question i got for you both are what are your future plans with the dirty sports podcast and maybe your careers because andy i know you've been thinking about getting a new apartment and whatnot or just a new place but i want to see what that would do for the show um i really appreciate everything you guys do and then i got two movie recommendations since joe's been asking so the category for these are grindhouse let me know if you've seen them. So the first one is Brawl and Subblock 99. That's with Vince Vaughn. It's a dope movie. Second one, we got Bone Tomahawk with Kurt Russell. Strongly recommend both of those. Give those a shot, and maybe you can find some more movies there. That's realistically all I got. Condoms are for the Houston Astros for being cheating fucks and getting my Yankees out of the World Series twice, and for Maddie Goldberg for ruining the uh, debt report. All right, thanks, boys. Man, I'm gonna stick up for Maddie here, dude. It's it's in the past. Let's 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 move past. It. And you liked a lot of this guy's questions because you let him do a three and a half minute call. That was longer than the two movies you recommended. Um, by the way, I have seen the Vince Vaughn Cell Block ninety nine movie. It's great, uh, surprisingly great. Vince What's it Va- called? I forget. I think it's something Cell Block ninety nine. Um, I have seen it, and it's really really good. And Vince Vaughn is. 
probably the most un Vince Vaughn I've ever seen in a movie. Um, I know he was in Clay Pigeons and et cetera back in the day, but Vince Vaughn plays a lot of Vince Vaughn. It's hard to lose Vince Vaughn. I mean, by the way, it's it's life goals for sure. Vince Vaughn is my acting hero because he just is literally Vince Vaughn and gets paid millions of millions of dollars to be Vince Vaughn and everything he does. So props to Vince Vaughn. Um, but this is the most he's ever gotten out of his comfort zone, I feel like, and it was really good. And I haven't seen the Kurt Russell one, but if I was going to watch a grindhouse type of movie, Kurt Russell seems like a great person to star in it. Uh, the fact that I haven't heard it makes me think it's old, but I could be wrong. Maybe it's new and that's why I don't know about it. So I will give that a, a watch. I just watched, speaking of Vince Vaughn and Clay Pigeons, um, I just watched a movie called Blaze about uh, former country music performer Blaze Foley, and it's awesome, and you should check it out. And the reason I found it is because John Prine just died, and he covered a Blaze Foley song called Clay Pigeons, and that sent me down a Blaze Foley wormhole, and then I found that there was a movie directed by, directed by Ethan Hawke that came out in 2018 about Blaze Foley, and it's really good, and it's on Showtime, so you should watch that. So I will add the Kurt Russell movie to my list, and you guys add Blaze, the Blaze Foley story, to your list. Well, I am looking for a place to answer that question, but... There's been talk of the Dirty Sports Compound. There has been. There's been talk of the Dirty Sports Compound. Um, uh, Joe and I are also possibly looking at like a big spot for both of us in uh, a few different areas. But obviously there is a lot happening in the world right now. Yeah. A few things need to be kind of flushed out, so to speak, as in let's see the next couple months. But, I mean, that would be great. Like... I would love to have a spot where there's no setup and breakdown. Of the Dirty Sports Podcast Studio. Where there's a room, whether that's in a house or a garage or a studio somewhere, where you can just go in and film. Yeah. Now, now, now it's pretty important, I think, to have maybe where you live, though, for how we do it. especially Or, or reasonably close by. Or reasonably close by. And yeah. 24-hour access to where yeah. we can watch games, we can do live broadcast. Obviously, we started the Twitch channel. When Nick comes back, that'll be rocking and rolling to where we can basically give nonstop access. That's the goal. So, you know, Joe and I have, have been exchanging messages and looking at possible, you know, three-bedroom houses. If you're some sort of dirty sports dirtball millionaire and you've got some sort of, you know, gigantic pool house slash barn situation that, you know, you want, you, you've always hoped that you could turn your home into a podcast studio and put up two podcasts. Let us know, you know, we're open to all kinds of crazy situations. I'm, I'm envisioning something along the lines of Hunter Thompson's owl farm, you know, a, uh, heavily guarded compound, uh, you know, fans know it's address on the internet, but they're scared of coming up out of fear that I will shoot them with a shotgun. But this is where all of the, you know, dirty sports, creative, uh, juices are, you know, boiled and turned into soup. The one main thing for us is basically space and close to the beach. Yeah. Close to the beach is like, it's definitely a high factor. I mean, I was pitching you 
recently on the idea. I was like, let's do it in Tahoe. We'll be in the sticks. But you don't. No. You need the beach because you don't snowboard or do any of that stuff or I, play golf or anything. I need the beach. Yeah. I was like, there's beaches on the lake. I, You know, I want to be five to six minute bike ride to the beach, Max. It's important. And I think. Which is hilarious, by the way. You don't go in the ocean and do any of the like. You don't surf, you don't boogie board, you don't swim out there or anything like that. Like you could do this on a on a lake. Pitching you on the lakeside Lake Tahoe. Yeah, but I'm I'm always right next to the ocean. Ninety percent of my workouts are literally on the sand next to the water. Right. The beach is important. I do my bike rides along the way. It's important. Also, is Real estate cheaper in Mexico? Is this a, a Mexican? Like, we're on the internet now. I mean, they're playing horse from around the world. At this point, quarantine places mean nothing. Let's go to, let's go to, let's go across the border, bro. I'm not going to Mexico. Such a, just a scared American white boy. You're like, they're, the cartels are killing people down there. And they are. Yeah. They're putting up the wall so we don't spread coronavirus down there. That's what they're doing. That, that, this isn't some fallacy. The, the cartel is a serious problem. Yeah. It's just not killing white Americans in their homes. That's not true. <laughs> it's mostly true. It's not true. It's mostly true. It's not true. What, what, when's the last story of like, just an expat American family living in their home killed by the cartel for no reason whatsoever? Look, man, I'm not saying that L.A. is the most safe town because it's definitely yeah, not. Yeah, crackhead yesterday was trying to kill you on the 405. On the 10. Right, let me finish. I'm not saying it's the most safe town. I would definitely feel more safe here than in Mexico. Plain and simple. Because of the rapists and the murderers and the cartel. But, I mean, Joe, at the end of the day, there's a lot of shady cops here. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, come on, dude. I've been to Mexico. I Every time I've been there, I've gotten shaken down. Like, I do stand out as a gringo down there. Well... Listen, I got shaken down the last time I was in Mexico, and I paid 30 American dollars to not get shaken down. And you pulled over a, to let me out of my, to let me into my apartment the other day, and the LAPD shook you down for 98 bucks. So no. it's just how you look at it. it well, the, that, was, that was a shakedown. You were causing no harm to anybody. The I'm police get, came by and, get, and asked you for $98. 93, and I'm going to get out of it. You might. I will. You might. You're definitely getting out of it in Mexico for 30 American. I'm just saying there's a lot of different forms of shakedown, and the United States government has made shaking you down their business for going on 200-plus years. They're like, give me your money. And you're like, well, since you asked via a tax form, I shall. There's also a reason everybody comes from Mexico to here, though. Yeah. There's better opportunity. Yeah, there's opportunities because Americans don't want to do manual labor anymore and mexicans are fine with it well mitch says in the youtube comment section when the father-in-law kicks the bucket i might have an australian compound yeah <laughs> love it dude i am so not against going to australia and doing this then we'll have the aussie i'm sure they get all of our games we just don't get their games i'll have all the aussie football league i'll have the nfl the nba the nba is the world's game I believe there's an Australian baseball league, which I'm sad that I missed my opportunity just to play in that, let alone watch it. Well, those are going to be the calls today. 310-359-8365.
Stick around. I will play the Andy Ruther impersonations with the intro of our show. There's a few. There's three good ones today. We got to do favorite bank robbery movie. I saw it and I racked my brain for my answers. Go for it. You don't have a favorite bank robbery movie? I don't. I don't know. Heat. You don't love Heat? Yeah, but I've only seen it twice. Point Break. Okay, I've seen Dog Day Afternoon. I haven't seen that. Inside Man. Haven't seen it. Well, there you go. That should be on the Andy Ruther watch list. Dog Day Afternoon, Al Pacino. Uh, Inside Man, Clive Owen. Uh, actually, a well-done Spike Lee movie where I won't give a, a nice twist ending to Inside Man. Um, this is like the chip question. We always The great thing about quarantine is we have so much time. We can break these things down so specifically. Like, is a fun in a chip? I don't Am think I so. Am I just not playing the call? Play it. You just told me to go. I mean, Jesus Christ, Prano. I'll play the call because it's a quick yeah. call anyway. Great. You paid the three-and-a-half-hour opus. What's up, guys? It's Matt from St. Louis, longtime listener. I was watching Netflix and saw Bandits come on, which made me think a good question or topic for debate would be favorite bank robbery movie. And I got to add, I'm about to watch this for the probably fifth time in my life, but it's definitely one of my favorites. So look forward to hearing your answers. Stay dirty. Solid one. Probably not in my top five. Uh, in fact, I know it's not in my top five, but this is what I was saying about the chip before or like, you know, or gangster movies. We're talking Italian gangster movies. Like technically in Reservoir Dogs, they're heisting a jewelry store. So does that count? I don't know. I'm going to say no. I'm going to go. I'm going to go full bank situation. Baby Driver is uh, underrated. You should watch that. Directed by my man Edgar Wright of Spaced fame. Spaced being my favorite sitcom ever. Maybe besides Cheers. What about, what about Drive? Drive is... Is that, is that a... That's a bank movie, isn't it? I'm trying to remember. Or is that just like, is he robbing a mobster or something like that? Um, it's a good o movie. Ocean's Eleven is fantastic. They're holding up a casino. Obviously, it's a vault situation. But for straight banks, I'm going... Off the top of my head, Point Break is in my top five. Dog Day Afternoon is in my top five. Heat is probably number one. The Town's pretty good. The town, yeah, the Town's Bank movie. Yeah, the Town's pretty solid. Um, Baby Driver, they they uh, rob a post office, but they also rob a bank first, so that's in there. I'm just going to go Dark Knight, you know, because they rob a bank. Oh, there's a bank robbery in that. Not a bank robbery movie. I know. I'm joking. And Inside Man. I'm doing. That's that's a good seven, basically, eight suggestions. Those are, those are in the mix. Town was pretty good when all was said and done. You actually saw that in the theater. All right. Those are the calls. Stick around for the Ruther impersonations. And uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at The Dirty Sports. You guys know what to do. That's right. Follow me on Twitter, at Fix Your Life. Follow me on Instagram. I've set a quarantine goal for a whopping 3,000 Instagram followers because I'm like 50 away or something like that. So follow me on Instagram if you haven't done that. And uh, what else do we have, Andy? Is that it? That's it. Great. All right, guys. Quarantine it up. Social distance. Keep pumping out those great videos of your cooking. All the fun stuff. 
And most importantly, what have you cooked more? And like, what are are you gonna get into the cooking? Are you gonna do the fuckboy scramble? Because you almost did that at one point, didn't you? Do, or did you give us a breakdown of the fuckboy scramble? It was a real quick one, Nick did. Yeah, I cooked that every day. I didn't cook it today. I've been doing. Uh, so you've already put out your quarantine cooking comment content. That was before the quarantine happened. Are you sure? Let me check the date on that. You should. It's before <laughs> the quarantine happened. Quarantine cooking content. Yesterday I did. Uh, people are terrified to use our grill. I'm just like whatever. coronavirus. Yeah. So yesterday I grilled uh, I grilled salmon and asparagus. And I got leftovers. I'm stoked. Yeah. My see, I use and I told Nick this. I use Nick as an excuse to eat like a pig. Yeah. And I and I said, Nick, this isn't your fault. This is my fault. Yeah. This is me just blaming you that you're 23 and you can eat whatever you want. That's that's the Eddie Ift. That's straight out of the Eddie Ift yeah. playbook. Eddie Ift, I'm pretty sure, brings me on the road to open for him so he can eat trash food and somehow <laughs> make it my fault. <laughs> he'll be like, he'll we'll wake up in the morning on the road. He'll be like, I bet you want a donut, don't you? I'm like, well, now that you mention it, he's like, yeah, you want donuts? You disgust me. You just, yeah. Just want to go get fancy. He's like, I bet you San Diego's got a fancy donut place. This is the kind of place you want to eat. And I'll be like, yeah, sounds great. I'm going to Google that, and then I'll be like, ugh, you're going to get diabetes. And then I'll be like, all right, I'll get a a bacon, egg, and cheese squished between two donuts. Sure, why not? Only because you're forcing me to. Oh, yeah, the amount of candy I've eaten in the last couple months. And I already know, like, because I I don't get that stuff. And I'll I'll get a lot better, hopefully. Speaking of being better, we should— Go to Taco Bell and get some Doritos Locos tacos the second this episode ends up, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, that does sound good, though. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, Dirtballs. Have a great week, and most importantly, stay dirty. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey. No chill, Prano. Hello, Joe. Kill yourself. Thank you, boys. Stay dirty. Stay safe. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming at you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey Nochil Prano. It's your boy, Jay Lund, South Carolina. Love you, fellas. Keep it real. Stay dirty. Welcome. To the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, calling to you live from the Smut Shack from beautiful Venice Beach, California. As always, with my co-host, Joey. No chill, Prano. Thank you, Andy. <laughs>